Are you worried about the coronavirus? Well, don't. Witches are going to save us all. And then we take a look at an incredibly disturbing story. Okay, and I would recommend anyone who wants to have a good day not listen to it. The second part of this episode will be about the Ant Hill Kids. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Now, because of this episode, the second half of this episode is pretty disturbing. We're not going to give a shout out to a Patreon this episode. I don't know anyone who'd want to be like, Oh gee, I'm so glad I'm helping Jason support that. What? What? What is this episode? We're not going to use that Carpenter Copter just yet. We're going to get a cauldron full of witches brew <laughs> we're stirring it with that giant wooden spoon your grandma used to spank you with gives it extra evil magic <laughs> and then we look into this bubbling cauldron it's made of iron cast iron but i mean what's in it is like bubbling water and stuff and then there's like frog legs <laughs> a vulture flies by drops a turtle into it Psst cooks ha <laughs> ha and i stir it stir this devilish concoction together what is it why it's the cure to covid19 take a sip young man or young woman whoever whoever's listening to this podcast because apparently you know you're waiting for scientists to try to figure out a vaccine or just some treatment for it and it looks like there's pretty good work on those fronts testing kits and all that stuff no we were wrong we were wrong all along we should have looked to the crones, to look to the crazy old ladies in their houses on Zoom holding rituals. Yes, R- witches don't have to worry about social distancing right now because they can fly six feet apart on their brooms, but that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist, right? It's just a stereotype. It's a funny one, but it's still just a stereotype. No, witches today use Zoom. They use the little messaging app thing on their computers. And they talk to each other and they cast these spells. Spells that are supposedly thousands of years old that required old women to dance naked in a grove of trees can conveniently be done in their own homes online. Get that, right? I mean, either magic is real and it's a ritual. Or you can just or you can just walk in a room and go, magic! And then stuff happens. So yes, now that all the Panera Breads have been shut down and they have no place to eat and or work... They're at home on Zoom meetings casting these spells. So Elizabeth Lovegood and Monica Moonstone and Jimmy, he's he's the odd bird, Jimmy, they're all casting these spells using Zoom. They're also, their goal is to cure coronavirus. They're also, this is what I thought was weird. Here's a little Twilight Zone thing for you. While they're trying to cure coronavirus, there's another group that's trying to aid the effort against this virus. They're also trying a spell called Bind Trump. Now, I don't like to get political, but they want to cast a spell that'll bind Trump and all who abet him. All who abet him. So let's take out Trump. Let's take out his supporters. They're getting ready to do a new one of these spells on May 20th. Here's a little Twilight Zone moment for you. Imagine May 20th, half the United States freezes in place. Now, to be fair, we probably wouldn't know because we'll still all be in quarantine. Your dad just frozen. Hey, dad, dad, can I change the channel? Dad, dad, seriously, what, what are you doing? Wouldn't that be weird, though? I mean, obviously, it's not going to work. The whole thing's stupid, but 
that would be bizarre if all of a sudden 43 million Americans freeze in place. I think 43 million voted for him, 43 million voted against, and the rest of America just didn't care. That's pretty much how it happens here. But imagine if mass seizures take place on May 20th. But it's not because the whole thing is ridiculous. And so is this ability of them able to cure coronavirus. But, you know, any port in a storm, whatever. People want to pray. People have their faith. That's cool. I get that. But then, then again, let's also make fun of these guys. So there's a specific witch named Willow Rose. I'm going to bet money. That's not her. That was not her birth name. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on this. But I got five bucks saying her. she was born Tabitha McGillicuddy. But anyways, Willow Rose, we will call you by that name, Willow Rose. She's what's known as an herbal witch, which was the name of my drug dealer back in high school. Smoke cloves all the time. She has this, this, this totally perfect way. So this, you know, this disease is everywhere. People are dying of it. It's not, not super cool to get. Even if you get it, it can be real sucky afternoon or 14 sucky afternoons. But don't worry. Willow's on the case. At least it depends on how well you know Willow Rose. Here, here's how she starts off this article. Quote, I personally have cast the circle around my home and loved ones, calling on Earth to absorb the virus and transform it into something harmless. So she starts off talking about how she's cast like a protective bubble over her house and a protective bubble over her loved ones. Thanks a lot, Willow. I mean, I guess if I had known her, I might be considered one of her loved ones, but... Also, the thing is, too, it's like, what if I'm, like, walking down the street? Does the bubble move? Can I move out of the bubble? Technically, I shouldn't be walking down the street. Again, the quarantine thing. But it's nice to know that the people who have the power to create these bubbles aren't just making a bubble all over the planet or just creating small bubbles around the coronavirus. And I, Yeah, why are you isolating me, bro? Isolate the virus, magical person. Also, here is on her this website that Willow Rose is writing this article for she has this amazing concoction. A brew, if you will. Straight from the bowels of hell. Listen to this amazing coronavirus fighting... <laughs> coronavirus fighting spell. Brew, whatever you want to call it. Okay, Herbal Witch, Willow Rose. It's talking about creating bubbles. Talks about calling upon the fire to go and burn up all the coronavirus in the wind to like blow it away and then the water to just kind of sit there and do nothing and then earth to just kind of shrug its shoulders. Anyways, here's a concoction. You have to have some ingredient. Ingredient, right? So you got your ear of newt and your eye of hobbit or whatever. You got all this stuff laying around. What you need for this, here you go. Quote, get ready, write this down. Quote, the proper ratio is one-third cup of bleach per one gallon of water. So she's basically telling us how to make disinfectant. You're a witch, dude. I know how to make, I know how to dilute bleach. And if I didn't, I could go on Google and type in how to dilute bleach. What I don't know is how to create a bubble over myself or my love. Teach me that spell. Teach me the, teach me the bubble spell. I know how to dilute bleach. It's on the bottle. If I buy bleach, it you turn the bottle slightly, it's all. For those who seek the spell, Clorox thinks you should dilute this this awful concoction. Like, obviously, I know how to do that, bro. You're casting spells. What are you holding back? I got witches doing Zoom meetings, Zooming around on their brooms. I got you knowing how to create uh, force fields. Got Invisible Woman over here. You're telling me to dilute bleach. Lame. Give me some real magic. 
She does also say that she learned that bleach trick working in food service. So my Panera Bread joke probably wasn't that far off. But then she goes in this weird thing. So you have the bleach, which is fine. You mix the bleach in the water. But that's not witchy enough, right? This is a witch website we're on. So she says you add, she likes to add mint or lemon rind. Because they both have magical properties and they both smell good. Dude, what if the lemon rind already has COVID-19? You've just killed us all. Because you wanted it to smell good. What's the magical property of a lemon rind, too? I mean, the magical property is you don't have to worry about a gross lemon hanging out in your kitchen anymore. It's gone. Throw the rind away. But she doesn't leave us totally hanging. She doesn't leave us totally hanging. Because she does tell us that her 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 her, her imaginary friend is working on this as well. She does tell us that the tulpa that she's created in her mind has a magnifying glass and is walking around and trying to figure everything out. Here's a quote from her. Which, again, to be fair, to be fair, when I say it's an imaginary friend, it's not in looking around with the magnifying glass. It's not Sherlock Holmes. It's a panther. So that's even dumber. (laughs) That's even dumber, right? If I have a magical being to help me out, I'd want one with thumbs. I'd want one that could, like, do stuff. I want to be like, come to me, alley cat. Wow! It's the hair is all sticking up. It's all dirty and stinky all the time. What did you learn? Well... I only learn stuff in alleyways and garbage cans, so, uh... It's like, you didn't tell me, like, about what the governor's evil plans were? Well, unless the governor was in alley talking about it, nah. Why would you have a panther to be your magical animal? It can't do nothing except panth. It can't do nothing except, like, like hang out in jungles and stuff. Hey, panther, do you have any information for me? Yes. Yes, I learned that tourists are really yummy when I eat them. But her magical panther's on the case. Now, of course, your question is my question... What in the world is this panther supposed to do? She has an answer for that. Quote, I won't reveal the details of how or where I've put this spirit to work. I have been told by those trying to approach me energetically for healing purposes and and who have no idea this spirit resides with me that there was a large and menacing cat keeping them away, unquote. So, so wait a second. So your panther is helping you cure COVID-19 and scaring away people who need your help. Because remember, she's saying people are coming to her to get healed, but instead there's just a giant, there's a giant cat bouncer wearing a white tank top, shaking its head. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Which even then, a cat bouncer, it doesn't have thumbs. What's it really going to do to me? I guess maul me and eat me. But, you know, if he had thumbs, he could hold me down while I was doing that. That's not helping, dude. People are trying to come to you. Imagine if you were like had to go to the ER because you had COVID-19. There's a bunch of pit bulls in the waiting room. But but she's not leaving us high and dry, even though we need her cleansing power. And there appears to be a giant monster, monster cat preventing us. She gives us a song to sing so we know how long to wash her hands. Now, this is common. They popped up on YouTube. They got old real quick. Hey, everyone, look at my song where I'm singing Staying Alive, but... I'm calling it staying alive because you might die of COVID-19 and it's 20 seconds long and people are like, oh, this song's so great. And then someone else is like, oh, I'm doing that song Just Dance by Lady Gaga. But instead of Just Dance, it's Just Hands and it's about washing your hands. Oh, oh, man, that got old quick. 
didn't it? Are people still doing that stuff? Oh, I'm doing that Lincoln Park song, Numb, but now it's Numb Your Fingers from Hot Water, and it's 20 seconds long. She has the same thing. Now, I'm going to read you this song, and I'm going to see if you can figure out what's wrong with it. This is to the tune of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Or boat, as it is. I added an extra boat, because I wish I had a boat right now to row away from this madness. Here's the song. A 20-second hand-washing ditty, as she calls it, for kids of all ages. To the tune of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Isn't the song just called Row Your Boat? I didn't know the song was called Row, Row, Row Your Boat. That's kind of... Anyways, here we go. I wonder if I can find an instrumental for this. Wash, wash, wash your hands. Don't be in a hurry. Take your time and do it right so mom won't have to worry. What? That's kind of dark. Like the mom's like crying in the other room. She's like, oh my God, will my child die? And especially because like I'm older. So my mom's like in her 60s and she's like worried about her young man. I'm still always be her little boy. She's crying at home. I hope Jason's okay. Kind of dark. Anyways, next verse. Wash, wash, wash your hands and scrub beneath the nails. If you wear rings, then wash underneath. Good hygiene never fails. I usually take my jewelry off before I wash my hands. I only have a ring, but it's, I guess, you know what? To be fair, this is for a witch. So they have all their enchanted rings. They have the ring that if they take it off, Satan claims their soul. They have the ring that if it's off for more than a minute, they become an old crone. So that makes sense. You would have to point that out to them. But I think most people, they wouldn't have to do that. And also, you figure, you're you're singing this song. At this point, we're halfway through. So you're about 10 seconds in. And you only have 10 seconds left to finish washing your hands. They should have started it off. Take off your ring and wash, wash, wash your hands. Because now I'm halfway through, dude. I'm, I'm in a rush. Here's the last verse. Wash. I hope this really isn't a spell. Now that I think about it, I will end up giving half of America a seizure because on May 20th, because this is a binding spell. Wash, wash, wash your hands. Wash until they're clean. Okay, this one is creep. This one is like, this one can give people mental problems. Especially remember, this is for kids of all ages. And really, let me say this. The big problem with this and just wash your hands and numb your fingers and all that other songs. It's just easier just to count to 20, right? Do you have to sing a song? If you are going to sing a song, just sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Which actually doesn't have an ending now that I think about it. Doesn't it just go on and on and on forever? Sing Happy Birthday Song. There's other ways. I don't have to learn the lyrics to a new song that's funny so you can get some views on YouTube. But this one. So we've been told that mom is already worrying about her little boy or... Jason's okay. We've also learned halfway through washing her hands. Oh, crap. I got to take my ring off. Now here's this part. Wash, wash, wash your hands. Wash until they're clean. Get all the spots, then rinse away the germs that can't be seen. If you can't see them, but you have to wash until your hand Wash until they're clean. But you can't see them, so you got to keep washing, and you can't see them, so you got to keep. Wa- that is that that last verse is a is a curse spell to give people OCD. Wash until they're clean; they can't be seen. Wash until they're clean; you can't be seen. Wash until they're clean; they can't be seen. Wash until they clean. You can't. So it's possible that this <laughs> ridiculous article, written by a herbal witch was giving us some tips 
on how to protect ourselves. Not good tips, just, you know, dilute bleach and wash your hands until the skin falls off. While she has bubbles and panthers to protect her and her loved ones. But it's possible that this was less of an article and more of a curse. Maybe someday there will be someone sent in a mental hospital. We'll be walking by with our clipboards because we work there. All of a sudden, we're writing down notes and we see someone in the corner of the room going, Wash until they're clean. Wash until they're clean. Wash until they're clean. And then they look at the camera. Wash until they're clean. And the camera gets closer. And then push cut to black. Credits roll directed by Jason Carpenter. Anyway, so that is the end of our witches um, fighting the coronavirus. Now, that went on for a while because this next part is super gross. This next half of this episode is pretty disgusting. So if you don't like disgusting stuff, I recommend... And and when I'm saying disgusting, this isn't dude pooping his pants and throwing at people in McDonald's. This is closer to the story about the bear who was eating people in the Japanese village. But even worse... So if you're if you're not into that type of stuff, I'll see you tomorrow. If you I hate to say and and for the remaining sickos out there, welcome. No. It's just there certain people different people have a different level of what they can stand. This next story, it's true. It's true crime. It's nightmare fuel. So if you're not into that type of stuff, if you want to keep your brain clean from images of evil, I will see you tomorrow. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed that fun witch's story. Maybe went on a little bit longer than it needed to be, but I wanted a good cushion for what's coming this story was actually a recommendation on gmail from abdullah and his mom listens to the show but uh, they've been listening for a long long time and he recommended the story to me a while ago and i read it and i thought no (laughs) no that's pretty gross but it stuck with me it stuck with me and i think it's an interesting story and i think it's in a way an important story let's hop on board that carpenter copter we are headed up to canada And thank you for the recommendation to Abdullah. As disgusting as it was, I appreciate it. We're headed up to Canada. 1977, a cult is founded by a man known as Rock Thywall. I don't know how to pronounce his first name or his last name, and I could care less. He's a piece of garbage. He dropped out of school in the seventh grade. He's having trouble. He drops out of school. And he spends his time reading the Bible. Now, the Bible is a source of inspiration for for millions, a billion people. But like any dense text, it's very, very open to interpretation. And the problem is, and I think that's why you have to have scholars. You, you are totally free to study the Bible, any religious text you want yourself. I think there's a lot of worthwhile stuff to it. But when we come across questions, it's good to have scholars who can interpret things for us or help us interpret them. I think it's very, very important to have. Because it's a dense book. And there's a lot of imagery and there's a lot of things in it that don't make sense. And you should read it a couple times if you're interested in it. Because if you don't, you tend to interpret it in, in very egotistical ways. Now, there are different interpretations. Some people can say that this verse means this or this verse means that. That's fine. But what happened with Rock, what happened with this idiot, was that he kept thinking that the book was telling him an apocalyptic vision. And again, that is not super rare, but he begins to see himself as a major player in the end of the world. Originally, he's a Catholic. He transfers to Seventh-day Adventist. He begins to get older. He's a very charismatic man. He begins speaking knowledgeably about the Bible for people who don't know the Bible. You mix charisma with a holy text 
and people who don't really know what the text really says, bad things start to happen. Everyone in life wants a purpose. It's just part of the human condition. Some people find the purpose in being a parent. Some people find the purpose simply in being a good employee. And sometimes people look down on that. What? That's all that you wanted? You wanted to work at the same job for 40 years? Yeah, that's all they wanted. But some people never find their purpose. They die never knowing what they were put here for. Or, uh, that's sad, but I think even worse is knowing what you were put here for and not being brave enough to do it. But the people who were joining Rock's cult, they just were completely lost. Men and women and children... Children really didn't have a choice, right? The parents are going to do it. They're kind of stuck. They begin to hang out with him. Now, he had a pretty strict setup. It's all about healthy eating, no drinking, no smoking, no drugs. Let's live a healthy lifestyle. We can be good together. But with the Seventh-day Adventist church, they start to look at it and go, he's not one of our ministers. He seems to be doing his own thing within the confines of our church. It's almost like he has a shadow church, a separate church. They start to cut ties with him. And around the same time, he starts to be very vocal about his apocalyptic prophecies. This is taking place in the 70s. This is past Charles Manson. I believe it's past Jonestown as well. I don't know the date of that off the top of my head. But but the cults were a known thing at this time. Moonies were around all that. Nobody believes they're in a cult when they're in a cult, though. And generally, people in cults are fairly smart. People in cults tend to be people who think they're too smart to join a cult in the first place because they can't get fooled. A lot of times when we look at membership of cults, they're not yokels. Some of them might be. but For the most part, they're at least of average intelligence. So anyways, he decides that this isn't where they're at right now. Let's move out to the middle of nowhere. We're going to start a commune. We're going to have healthy living. We are going to prepare for the eventual end of the world. So they start this commune out in the middle of nowhere. And he's sitting on this hill one day and he sees all of his followers. At this point, he had about 30 people in his group. 12 adults, 22 children. Some teenagers, some younger. But basically families. And he's watching. He's sitting on this hill one day and he's watching his little people build this town. That they're eventually going to settle in. Have this commune set up. And he referred to them as ants. They look like ants on an ant hill. So he began calling them the Ant Hill Kids, which is an interesting name for a cult. A lot of times they're like the last light of the brotherhood or, you know, the setting sun, something like that. The Ant Hill Kids, he calls them that. And he would give his sermons, very, very charismatic. People loved being there. People were growing their vegetables. They were living this healthy lifestyle. And then he has the revelation. The curtains are drawn back. And he actually sees that the world will end, not in some far-off time, but in February 1979. He starts to put some strict rules into place. The members of the Inhale Kids cannot talk to friends and family who are not in the group. That's, that's cult 101. That is so ingrained into cult behavior that that is what abusive relationships do. It's, 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 it's so bizarre Because there's not really, as far as I know, there's not a manual on how to be an an ass. But you start to see that behavior just kind of generalized. Whenever you talk to someone who's been in an abusive relationship, 98% of the time, looking back on it, they don't know that they're getting into it. But looking back on it, one of the first red flags is they were no longer able to contact anyone else. Or they can only contact them as long as their boyfriend or their girlfriend said it was okay, stuff like that. Colts do the exact same thing. Limit exposure to the outside world. You don't have to worry about wrong think. So that was the first thing. 
And eventually February 1979 comes along and, spoiler alert, the world doesn't end. So people start to get upset. If you are going to start a cult, and I recommend you don't, but if you are going to start a cult, set the prophecy way far ahead. I understand why you want to set the prophecy now because it gives everything a sense of urgency. But that day will come and you will be wrong. And then you got to deal with this. He, a lot of times what happens when the prophecy is set and it doesn't come to fruition is you lose a bunch of members. You tend to lose almost all your members and then you have the diehard stick around. That didn't really happen this time. Maybe it's because they were in the middle of nowhere. Maybe it was because contact had already been cut off. But it doesn't come around. People are a little upset. And that's when Rock realizes that he needs to really consolidate control. Anyways, so this is when things really go downhill. And again, if you've listened to the episode this long and you're like, this isn't that disgusting. Ugh. He starts drinking. Now, remember that whole healthy living thing? Oh, no, no, that's only for the peons, you see. The leaders can drink. Not you. So he's drinking to the point where he develops a serious alcohol problem. He makes it so the cult members can't even talk to each other unless he's present. They can't sleep with each other unless he gives them permission. But to make sure things don't get too crazy, right? You're not going to deprive people of sex. He says he can sleep with the women. In fact, he has to sleep with every single woman in the group. God commanded it. God commanded it. He began spying on people, and then he would confront them, saying that God told them what they had said or what they had did. He's consolidating his power. How else would anyone know what we said? God must have told them that. One of the ways they raised money was to go out into town and sell baked goods. And they had quotas. Didn't meet the quota? You were punished. You talked without permission? You were punished. You slept with someone without permission? You were definitely punished. You questioned him? you were punished. There's a sliding scale to what a human will endure, right? If you walked into a room and someone hit you over the head with a sledgehammer, assuming you survived the attack, you'd leave the room. But if you walked into a room and you stepped on a tack, it'd suck. You continue to hang out in the room and you get stung by a bee, hang out in the room a little bit longer, kernel gets stuck in between your gum line and your tooth. Till eventually you've been in the room for two years and you get hit on the back of the head with a sledgehammer. You've been acclimated to the pain of that room. It's another thing we see in cults. They never jump to the most extreme thing first. And it's, again, abusive relationships. It's never... You're not getting punched on the first date, right? Punishments began with getting hit with a belt. You get hit with a belt. Pluck your hair out one by one. An annoyance, not fun. It would hurt a little bit. Sometimes Rock would just walk up and poop on you, which, that's kind of funny, right? Like, it wouldn't be funny if it was happening to me, but if someone goes, listen, I can hit you with a belt, or I can poop on you, I'd be like, how big's the belt? Right? Like, because I really don't care. Eventually, the torments escalated. And again, these people are committing fairly minor violations of this guy's made-up law. He started making them eat poop. Now, it's funny, I actually got a comment not too long ago, and they are like, Jason, please, stop doing poop stories. And I was like, oh, I've only done like three in the past like two months. Didn't realize this is also a poop story. They were being made to eat their own poop or other people's poop. They are also being made to eat dead animals, like dead mice, which again, I'd be like, how big's the mouse? <laughs> like, I'd much rather just eat the mouse at that point. But then, of course, it gets worse. Because it not only became not only an issue of punishing someone, but another member of the cult 
proving loyalty to Rock. So when someone broke a rule, he would no longer walk up and poop on them. He would give you a pair of bolt cutters. Take off one of their toes. That person lied to me. Take off one of their fingers. Members of the Anthill Kids were being dismembered. It's 1982. This has been going on for years. Keeps escalating. You broke a rule? We're going to break your legs. Rock walks in with a sledgehammer. No. I have a better idea. You broke the rules. You have to break your own legs with the sledgehammer. So there, surrounded by fellow cult members, looking up at your leader, smelling the alcohol on his breath, he hands you a sledgehammer, and you smash one of your own legs until it's broken. And then things get really bad, because Rock begins to see himself as a non-corporeal being, a healing spirit. He doesn't need medicine to cure you. He can heal you himself, so he begins to do impromptu and unneeded surgeries. At this point, we're in the late 80s, and there's a woman named Gabrielle Lavallee who has been being punished this whole time. She's being burned. She had a hypodermic needle inserted into her back and broken off. Teeth pulled out. After she had one of her breasts cut, chunks of one of her breasts cut off, she escapes. She leaves the compound. And then the weirdest thing happens, and I've seen this happen in other cult stories too. She comes back. She comes back. Now, I don't know if it's because it's like that abused again. I think this is, it's, there's so many parallels. You leave an abusive relationship, he sweet talks you back. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if she left and they were in the middle of nowhere and she had to return, or she left and realized that there was nothing out there for her but the abusive love of the compound because love filled with hate is better than no love at all. I don't believe that. Absolutely. I absolutely believe a life that is loveless is better than a life filled with false love, which is what this is and which abusive relationship would be the same thing. It's better to just die alone and to be in a relationship with someone who despises you so much that they hurt you physically or emotionally or both hurt your soul. Anyway, she comes back. Could you imagine? You had eight teeth pulled out. He's watching this stuff happen to these kids, watching this stuff happen to adults. Part of her breast removed. How would you even get a hypodermic needle out of your back? Anyway, she comes back. She's welcomed back into the compound, obviously. They're not going to keep her outside. They don't have a ton of members. Of course, he's, he's sleeping with the women, so they're having more kids, but... It takes a while to get a, 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 a real group going. It's, you know, these kids, you have to age up to become super brainwashed soldiers in this cult. So they bring her back. But of course, she's going to be punished. What I find interesting is, remember, these people are selling baked goods in town. And I, I find it weird that the people in town weren't picking up on a lot of these clues. To be fair, the police did want to investigate this. They were seeing some of the way that the people were dressed, the kids were dressed when they came into town. Locals were like, I think something's going on out there. The police, though, were stymied because they were a religion. They couldn't go into a full investigation. Those laws have changed for the most part. Local police are still a little iffy to go kick down the door of a church. But now they're a little more aware that this type of stuff could be going on. But again, you're supposed to be selling baked goods. It's kind of hard to, with this image... 
You figured eventually she would have went to go sell you some cookies. You noticed something was off about her. She comes back to the compound, Gabriella. They take off a couple of her fingers with bolt cutters. Then they hold her arm down and stab a knife through her hand into the table, which, to be honest, I've seen in action movies, things like that. I I guess I knew it was possible, but the amount of force it would take to put a knife through the hand and pin it to a table would be an amazing amount of force. You'd have to pull a hammer out at some point to really get it in there. But, you know, that's nothing. Uh, This has happened before. This cult has done worse, and they plan to do even worse this time. They took a chainsaw and cut off her arm as she's pinned to the table. I mean, don't you think the townspeople would have realized these people were missing fingers, missing teeth, missing an arm? There's photos of them just smiling, hanging out with the leader. 1987, the townspeople do have enough, and the police finally go into the compound, take a look around. Remove 17 kids. They said there's a filthy environment. These kids aren't being taken care of. 17 kids are removed from the compound. But can't do a full investigation. They are a church. Separation of church and state. Everyone else is left there. Now can you imagine being in that compound at that time. And watching those cops come in. Now the part of you you haven't seen. You've been there since 1977. It's 1987. You've been in there for 10 years. Sure you've been on the street corner selling Susie Q's and stuff like that, but now you have police coming in. Part of you is scared, but part of you is hoping, wishing that this is the end. So you don't betray your leader, but it just ends. All of this ends. Maybe not for you, but at least for your kids. But then the cops round up those 17 kids, and the whole time you're hoping they'll turn around, they'll see something. This will all be over, but they leave with those kids. Those doors shut. You're still in that compound. 1989, Solange Boylard says she's sick to her stomach. She's not feeling good, which is totally fine because their leader is a healing spirit. He's got it. He can take care of this. Now, healing spirits don't need anesthesia, right? They got the power in them. You're not going to feel a thing. They give her an enema with molasses and olive oil doesn't work obviously just something disgusting now remember she just complained about stomach ache so rock cuts her stomach open begins pulling her intestines out with his bare hands and rips them the healing power of rock your dear leader no anesthetic remember gabriella who once escaped now has one arm is ordered to sew up solange Which must have been hard to do with one arm. He probably picked her because it was so difficult for her to do. The next step of this miracle cure is to put a long hose down Solange's throat and then blow hard. It takes her a day to die. But she does die. And it's an affront to this great mystical being this healer of men this all-powerful leader but he has a way to bring her back to life to prove that god is on his side he drills a hole in her skull and himself and all the other men in the compound ejaculate into her brain 
doesn't work, obviously. So they bury her body off the compound grounds. And as far as Rock is concerned, he just goes about his daily business of tormenting, terrorizing, and creating a life of fear for all of his followers. Gabriella escapes again. This time she doesn't return back home. Police, though, do. They dig up the body. They arrest Rock. They arrest some other members of the cult. Children are taken into protective custody. Rock is sentenced to life in prison. And he got life in prison. Because you can imagine how popular this dude was, right? February 28th, 2011. So he got arrested in 1989. So he was there for a while. He was there for quite a long time. But February 28th, 2011. This guy named Matthew Gerald McDonald. 60 years old. Rock was 63 by the time 2011 came around. Matthew, who's 60 years old, by all definition, an elderly man, walks up to a guard station one day, puts a knife down on the counter, and says, quote, That piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. That was his life sentence. To go from being a man who had all of these people enthralled to being an inmate number, getting deloused, getting pushed around by COs, being belittled by other prisoners. All that power he had, gone. He's now on the other side of the coin. He's now the pathetic little follower. Cults are a fascinating subject because it really is this idea of this one man having complete control over other people. And we see cult-like activities in politics. We see it in industries. You could say like Elon Musk has a cult following or Steve Jobs has a cult following. You could say Trump has a cult following or Bernie Sanders has a cult following. But when we use those examples, they're cult light or cult with a little asterisk next to it. The Anhill Kids is a actual definition of a cult. It's a subset of a major religion that turned from light to darkness like that. Within two years, people were, were getting beaten after they tried establishing a heaven on earth to spend their final days before Jesus returned. It's fascinating. It's one of those things that I think a lot of people... I, I, I believe that cults are the thinking man's serial killer. I think a lot of people are into serial killers, and that's fine. I was never a huge fan of them. I read a lot of true crime, but I think serial killers, for the most part, it's like, uh, it just gets old, right? You've profiled one serial killer, you profiled them all as Dana Scully once said. Cults, as even though they share a lot of similarities with other cults, I find more fascinating than serial killers because it really takes two elements, a cult leader and an otherwise normal human being to follow the cult leader. And that otherwise normal human being has to be able to endure things that me telling you, basically this episode was a list of horrible events, right? And it, and it is in linear order. And to be honest, I left some out. And it requires a normal person to wake up every day and to watch these events happen and to simply disregard them. Even when they were happening to themselves. And again, I think that's why cults are a... Serial killer is just kind of an event that happens. Cults are an interesting thing because you can tie it into the cult of Apple where you need to have all the Apple products. But you can also, again, that's like a cult light thing. A cult is really just a more in more people involved of an abusive relationship. 
All of these cult activities and tricks and stuff are the same thing that people use when they want to control people in an abusive relationship. And to people outside of the relationship, it seems absolutely nuts they're still together, right? But um, yeah, cults are basically an abusive relationship. It's your abusive boyfriend, your abusive girlfriend, but you're sharing that significant other with 20 other people. But the tactics are the same. So that's the story of the Anhill Kids. I hope I didn't ruin your day just by reading out a list of horrible things. Because that's basically basically what it was. But I think we cover a lot of monsters on this show. We cover a lot of high-level conspiracy theories on this show. But sometimes it's important to take a look at true human evil. It's not something I want to do all the time. I think that would be a different podcast. But it's something that we should look at from time to time. True human evil. Because I think it's important for us to be aware of it as well. Whether it's a cult, whether it's some crazy cult like this, or there is an abusive relationship going on at your workplace, at your school, at your hometown, we can look for those signs. When you see the person come in and, hey, how'd you break your wrist? Oh, it was nothing. It was golfing. What? Golfing? How'd you break your wrist? Oh, I was just doing the laundry and I fell down. Broke my ankle. Both of them. If the people in town had been asking those questions, really been pushing for an investigation, it's possible that lives would have been saved. Limbs would have been saved. Psychological torment would have been saved. So just because we're not in the relationship, just because we're not in the cult, it doesn't mean our duty is to do nothing. It's good for us to look around at people who may need our help. Because they may be trying to leave that relationship. They may be trying to leave that compound. But if they think there's nothing for them on the outside... They will stay there, no matter how bad it gets. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Mm-hmm.